0: Welcome to the Be Fit to Sit podcast. I'm your host, physiotherapist Kim Siddons, and I hope to equip and encourage you as we talk about healthy exercise, ergonomics, posture, and practical self-care strategies to help you feel and function your best at your desk and beyond. So if you, your family, or your colleagues spend a fair bit of time at your desk or using screens... Tune in because this podcast is for you. Hi there, I'm physiotherapist Kim Siddons and welcome to episode 12 of the Be Fit to Sit podcast. Today we're talking about exercise and energy boosting breaks to help your body feel great when you're working from home or learning from home. So I noticed after the last lockdown in 2020 that happened in Australia, I saw so many people coming into the clinic very stiff and sore, very sluggish, because they really spent much more time around the house, sitting on the couch, maybe even in bed, having some less than ideal working and home study or home learning habits. And really, they suffered a lot from being more sedentary. They also didn't have the best physical or mental health or as good as it used to be and many people had gained a fair bit of weight that they weren't really feeling great about or that it even impacted their body. I think lots of us heard or maybe even experienced the COVID kilos that came on when we were suddenly thrust into spending more time at home and that has recurred a bit more in Australia in this middle part of the year where it's wintry, the weather maybe even not as ideal as we used to. And so I wanted to share an episode with some ideas that I really hope will help you and your family members not go into that same pattern of feeling stiff and sore and sluggish, but really be well-equipped, with some awesome exercise ideas, some great little energy boosting hacks, things that I teach people in offices, things that I share with students in classrooms and in schools. So hopefully you'll be able to glean a few little things that will really just encourage and inspire you to keep moving and move more often. It really is a case of being more intentional in moving. It's surprising how much our body thrives on just the small amounts of movement that are incidental in our day. We might necessarily think much of the amount of energy that's expended in getting ready and then getting into our car or whatever form of transport we're using and then getting to school or getting to our office even getting out of the house to go grocery shopping and run errands, that all takes a bit more energy than when we're just stuck at home, really just moving from room to room or perhaps out the front of our house around our yard area with then often some designated times that we're allowed to leave our premises for exercise. So the fact that we're not able to do all that little incidental movement means that we are really having to be more intentional about scheduling that incidental movement into our day and making sure that we're keeping moving more often. There's a reason for this. It's scientifically proven and many of you might even understand the principles of the fact that when we're sitting, when we're not moving as much, walking as much or doing as much activity in our day our metabolism slows down. In fact you may have already heard me refer to Professor Alan Hedges in the UK who's done a huge body of work on what happens to our metabolism when we've been sitting among other researchers and we know that after we've been sitting down for half an hour and then by an hour, the effect is even greater and metabolism really has wound right down. That's why we often feel very sleepy or can't concentrate after we've been sitting for a while. You may have fallen asleep on the couch or fallen asleep in the car in the past. You may have even fallen asleep at your desk. And I'm sure most of you can really relate to the fact that our brain sometimes glazes over and our concentration is nowhere near at its peak when we have been sitting for a long period of time. That's the underlying cause. It's the fact that our metabolism slows down. So the rate at which our fuel is produced is not as great. And that means our energy levels aren't as stimulated. We're not feeling as energetic. We often feel more fatigued, but also our brain doesn't work as well and our body doesn't work as well. Our core our postural muscles aren't facilitated necessarily to switch on as well to support the health of our musculoskeletal system. So we really do need to move a little bit more often, very regularly to keep that metabolic rate up. Keeping our metabolic rate up also helps combat those COVID kilos or the extra weight that tends to slip on from being more sedentary. I know some of it's to do with the fact that we've got our pantry right at our doorstep when we're at home and it's so much easier to cook more and access the fridge, but it also has a lot to do with the fact that we're moving a lot less, so we can't necessarily burn off that extra energy. And moving a little bit more often definitely helps you get the most out of your body to keep that metabolism humming along at the best rate it can for you so that your metabolic rate is getting better and better as you start to take on board these principles. Now, a little caveat, just because you may leave the house or even exercise within your house for half an hour a day or more, That doesn't necessarily mean that you can afford the luxury of not moving every half hour. If you sit for long periods, the research really suggests that you are also going to experience your metabolic rate slowing down and your concentration levels not being at their best and your muscles, your postural support system not switching on as well as it should. So even if you're doing a fair few chunks of exercise, whether it's once a day, twice a day, in bigger chunks, make sure you still take on board the principles of moving a little bit, moving often. Yes, your metabolic rate, your underlying metabolic rate might be higher than the average person, but it still will pay for you to definitely pay attention to moving more often. There is a little bit of a guideline that's been researched to suggest that for every half hour of sitting, you should do two minutes of movement or more. So the minimum would be two minutes of movement, which is why I've put together lots of little brain boosting, energizing, and great exercise and stretch breaks for school students and for workplaces. And I'll give you away some of those tips as much as I can via the audio version without demonstrating via video through this podcast. But little brain and body breaks, little movement breaks are the bomb. They're so good for you. And I'd really like you to schedule them in to your day. So many of those little micro movement breaks that are two to five minutes, you can actually do at your desk or at the place that you're sitting when you're learning or working from home, wherever you are, or even if you're in an office environment, you can do short little two to five minute movement breaks that will really help energize you and stretch out tight muscles, switch on the right pain relieving muscles for your body. But every hour, I'd really highly recommend that you get up from your desk, move away and have a little bit longer of a break. It does wonders for your health. You might even be able to get outside if you can so that you can make the most of fresh air and have a drink of water, go to the bathroom, get something to eat. Every hour, it's much better for you to actually Get up if you can. You also need to give your eyes a bit of a break from the screen. So look into the distance rather than just at that short distance away from you when you're using screens. So give yourself a decent break every hour. So that's a little bit of a nutshell. We want to aim for at least two minutes of movement every half hour and a little bit longer than that if you can every hour to optimise your health. Now, for students, you might find that half an hour is actually too long because if they're trying to concentrate, if they're trying to learn and take on board new principles, often they will feel way more antsy and not be able to concentrate for the half hour period. The younger the student, the shorter the concentration period that they can sustain. So take on board whatever is going to be Appropriate for your age student and work with that. So, for a small child, it might be 10 to 15 minutes that they can do a focused activity before you do a little brain and body break with them or give them some play time totally away from sitting down. For a middle primary or a high school student, as they progress in age, they can often concentrate for longer. So they might be able to sustain 20 minutes of focused activity before they need a movement break. And older high school students or tertiary students may be the half hours slot before they need a movement break. And that also goes for time relaxing. So, how much of our sedentary time when we're under stay at home orders and minimal movement allowed? is actually spent socialising or being on screens that's not even related to work. So bear that in mind when you're actually talking with your family and setting some guidelines about how you're going to best stay healthy and not ha- nagging at each other through your lockdown period or your stay-at-home period. Try and have a bit of a conversation around setting some guidelines and parameters that suit your family and your situation so that everybody is on board and knows that it's for the good of their health, that they're not just going to sit for hours on end becoming a complete couch potato. It's not good for their brains, it's not good for their eyes, and it's definitely not good for their overall health. So I would definitely suggest that you take on board some of these principles for yourself and make sure that you're a great role model. Talk to your family members about the types of times that they're really at risk for sitting for long periods. That's what we do in a classroom situation. We go through when are we most sitting for long periods at home when we're on our devices. And yes, it can be working or learning from home, but often it's, watching TV, often it's gaming, often it's being on devices on social media or doing something else, watching YouTube clips, all those sorts of things. So I'd really encourage you to have a think about how you might be able to set some reminder systems. You'd be surprised how time gets away and all of a sudden we realize that we've been sitting for a big chunk of time that we haven't necessarily intended to sit for. So maybe you might consider having a physical timer like an old kitchen timer or maybe you'll actually take it a bit more technological and use a timer on a phone or a timer on a device. So some devices have inbuilt timers, inbuilt reminder systems that you can use. Kids know all about these. They know that they're on their Playstations and and other gaming devices. When I ask them in the classroom, they know that you could consider when you're watching YouTube clips, perhaps that at the end of every little clip, some of them are reasonably short, but often they're 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that that is a reminder. We don't just mindlessly press next, next clip, next clip that we actually get up and we give our body a break from sitting on the couch or we give our brain a break from the screen. We get up, we have a drink or we get up and do one of the little ideas that we'll go through in a second so that we're not just sitting for hours on end. We might consider pausing games with our children and setting some parameters around that. My children this morning were all playing uh, an AFL, so that's an Aussie Rules game on their Xbox, and we worked out that it's divided into quarters. So at the end of every quarter, they were just to get up and get out of the room for a minute to do something else, either outside or something that was not involving a screen or maybe just, you know, finish their jobs from the morning or something along those lines, and then they could all just reconvene And get back into their game and so we divided the game up into quarters like you would a sports game just dance and other sort of more active apps are also great because they keep you moving and you're not stuck or they're good breaks from a a game that might be just played on going in the sitting position we'll talk a little bit more about positions in a minute But just keep in mind that movement is a must. It really keeps your brain alert, but also your body alert. So even if you are sitting in not ideal postures for any length of time, you're not going to be spending ages there before changing postures. It's that stuck sitting position where we tend to just go with gravity after a while and end up slouched into a slump of a C-curve. That is a straining position when it's adopted ongoing. So we're after positional changes that will stimulate muscles to switch on and maintain joint health and also, as I said, the metabolic health. So we don't want to just end up being stuck on the couch for ages and then suddenly a couple of hours later go to get up and think, oh, I shouldn't have sat that long. I'm so stiff. So... Let's make an effort to schedule in more movement for yourself. You might even have a schedule that you've set out for your work from home day or your learning at home routine, and you can factor in those exercise chunks, but also your little body breaks, your little energizer boosting brain breaks. So if you've been sitting while you're listening to me in this podcast and you're not driving, you might be able to just, as you're listening, swing your legs while you're sitting in your chair. So straighten out one leg, then the other, Pull your toes up towards your head as you bend and straighten your legs to actually get some circulation going. I'm doing it while I'm talking to you. So I'm practicing what I preach and I don't want to end up getting too stiff and sore at the end of this sitting period. The other thing that you can do, whether you're driving or not, is to just lift one butt cheek and then the other. So side to side, you end up sort of walking your bottom bones up and down on the chair, wherever you're sitting, you're moving those butt bones one side up, then the other side up. So walking your hips in your chair, up and down, up and down, keeps your low back moving, is a nice little stimulator of some postural muscles. You might even like to tilt your pelvis, so tilt your pelvis forwards, back and forth, under and then in the air, under and in the air, back and forth to help maintain hip and low back movement and stimulate some great postural muscles so that you're not stuck sitting in the one position for any length of time. So they are just my top three, anywhere, anytime, movement things that you can sprinkle in, whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult and wherever you are, whether even if you're on the couch, you can do that. But we're aiming for at least two minutes every half hour. So we keep going on some ideas for our little brain and boosting breaks when we're at home. If you've got students in your house, particularly younger kids, you might find that some of the most fun things you can do in your stay at home time are play some little active games. So you might decide that you have it's footy season and you've got a little soft ball that you can just kick up and down the hallway or play hallway handball, all those little catching games, blow up a balloon and actually count how many times you can pat the balloon in the air to each other before it touches the ground. So, like a version of keepy uppies, so keep it off the floor. Balloons are a great one for that. They can even blow it up and put their own face on it and make that a really fun little fitness break idea or movement break idea. If we're reading stories to children, particularly primary or early learners, I love to choose books with them that involve an aspect of movement. So particularly if you've got animals in a story, you can act out the animal move every time the animal is mentioned by name. So an example of this might be who Sank the Boat? I think that's a Pamela Allen book. And in that book, there is a little mouse, so they can pretend to be the mouse when the mouse is mentioned. There's a pig, I think, so you can oonk like a pig. There's sheep, there's cows. They can pretend to be those animals and actually act it out when you're reading the book. So acting out small sections of books or acting out verbs. So if there's running in a story, they run on the spot. If there's stomping, they can stomp. You can probably think of endless stories where movement and activities are involved. Going on a bear hunt is a great one where they can actually be the bear, but also there's lots of stomping and swooshing and all sorts of uh, things that you can act out. So use your imagination. Kids will come up with some great ideas themselves in the actions that they can actually do to make it an active adventure, a story. It adds a whole new dimension of fun to your learning. Older kids can do that if they're doing reading to self, but often it's more when you're reading to or with a child that, that it'll be age appropriate to act out the characters or the actions in a story. So active stories are a great idea. Putting on some music and doing a dance break is fantastic. You can also make that a little bit more choreographed and I've done some great movement breaks to music with kids where we've done things like we will rock you and it's stamp stamp clap stamp stamp clap you know and we do all sorts of um activities so mud on your face big disgrace and waving your banner your arms are overhead in the air we will rock you and your stomp stomp clap so all those sorts of fun things you again will have some creative juices flowing I'm sure of songs that you can think where you can actually just choreograph something simple but it's going to really invigorate everybody and get them up and moving and inject a bit of fun we really want to make our movement fun and we want fun in our house during lockdown time. Because let's face it, a lot of patience is required to keep ourselves sane. So I love that sort of idea. Clapping games can be great. Do you remember probably in your younger years where you'd have a partner and you clap and then cross arms, clap, cross arms, and you do all sorts of little rhythms like that? Clapping rhythms are great. You could do a rhythm and get the other, other family members to actually follow along and mimic what you're trying to do almost like a Simon says when you do a clapping rhythm and you change it up and you make it more difficult and see who can be the winner and keep up at the fastest pace you may have actually thought about putting on some music to do your musical statues that's fantastic you might even want to go all out and do musical chairs in your house so some fun little things that You may not have even thought to incorporate are really ideal for you to inject into your day when you're working and learning from home to get everybody together and actually create a little bit of energy in the house. Of course, there are some specific desk exercises that are really good for reversing a stiff posture and actually switching on anti-slouching muscles. If you'd really like to see them, because obviously me demonstrating them is a lot easier than talking you through them, you can actually access my website. That's Kim Siddons Physio. So on that website, there is a free resource you can access to get my best for desk exercises that I really love to show people to help them just feel amazing when they're sitting at their desk. It's quick, easy, no actual equipment required. So you can access those. If you've already accessed those and enjoyed them, then you can definitely benefit from a few other things that I have found work really well. So putting your hands together in a fist and then just drawing the back as if you're rowing, like rowing a boat, but getting your chest nice and wide and your shoulders back, doing that sort of thing really helps to switch on the muscles at the back of your shoulder blades and they are your pain relievers, yay. So when we row and pull our shoulders back, as long as they're down and not hunched up around your ears, you'll be getting those muscles between your shoulder blades working. And they contribute significantly to setting you up for success across that neck and shoulder blade area that we tend to get very tight and tense and sore in. So doing a row is easy and it's reversing our slouch posture. So it gets your chest open and gives you a stretch across the front while you're switching on great muscles at the back. So that one's easy to talk through you can then do a single arm row, but add in a twist of your shoulders. So if you have your arms together out the front and row one arm back, but then twist that same side so that you're actually rowing with a twist of your chest facing the same way. So you're opening up your chest and pulling that arm back. That gives you you a trunk twist at the same time. And the trunk twist adds in so much more flexibility to that upper back area so that you can start to really loosen up that mid-back area. And then of course doing that overhead, punching up, gets our arms up above our head. So a single arm punch overhead, punching up as high as you can, get your arms moving upwards. you'd be surprised if you've been sitting at a desk all day or doing just general chores around the house. We don't often get our arms up overhead and we can get quite tight and stiff and really easily lose our ability to be flexible and strong overhead. It's really important for our core strength. So doing a punch in the air as high as you can, get your arms up and moving. Anybody, anywhere can do that to actually switch on those muscles. And then you might even add a lean to the side so that as you're punching up, you lean across to the opposite side. And in doing that, you'll actually stretch that side plus the lat muscles or the arm muscles that are attaching to it. So you get a really big stretch from your arm down the side of your trunk. And that's gonna be fantastic for your flexibility for you to switch on all those great anti-slouching muscles and to maintain a great healthy posture so that you don't end up hunched and slouched for very long. So those are the easiest desk exercises that I find I can talk people through. Along with those are some really fun ways that you can actually use your desk or use your chair to be the exercise equipment. So you might be able to just get to the edge of your chair and then lean forward and stand up, but then go back down as if you're going to sit back down like a semi squat. So if you were to lean forward and stand up and then go to sit back down in your chair, but not quite, don't touch your chair, then you would be able to repeat that a few times as many times as comfortable for you and just add in a few extra mini squats to your day that will do great things for your metabolism, great things to your strength and your endurance, and actually adding a little bit of exercise without you even necessarily noticing it. So I would highly recommend adding some mini squats into your day. When you go to sit back down though, just aim your bottom for the back of the chair so that you actually maintain a really nice neutral squatting position. So you're not adding load to your knees, your weight is back into your bottom bones because it's aiming for the back of your chair, even though you're not going to touch your chair. So that's my tip for your squat movement when you're doing your mini squats, aim your bottom backwards. The other thing you could do is use your desk. So you could use your desk for desk push-ups, you could use your desk for desk hovers, you can stand side onto your desk with your feet out and do side planks like Stars with your arm in the air at the desk. Those are some fun things that we do with kids in classrooms with their desks. You can even turn around, put your hands on your desk behind you, and do some desk dips. So you could use it like a bench at a gym where you do dips off the edge of the bench, use the edge of your desk. So all those sorts of things are really fun ways to use your desk. And you could do that in your two minutes of movement without moving too far away from your desk, just fit in a few extra extra desk dips, extra push-ups at your desk, extra planks at your desk, particularly the side planks. They're very useful for our side trunk stability. So I hope that has given you a few extra ideas. I am actually going to post some extra ideas in movement breaks for you with demonstrations on my Facebook page. And at the moment, that's the Workstation Wellness Physio page. So just look up Workstation Wellness Physio or the Kim Siddons Physio page on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, Kim Siddons Physio. So you could actually then see the demonstration of those types of exercises, and I really want to offer that to people who may be struggling with ideas or maybe struggling to just set the example for themselves at home. And let's face it, it's always nice to have someone giving us something to do so that we don't have to come up with the idea for ourselves. Because I do this a lot, it's easy for me to come up with those ideas and share them with you. And I would love for you to follow along and do that so you can help yourself and your family feel the best at your desks and beyond your desks through through this lockdown or stay at home period. I'm going to come back and do another episode on setting up your home study area and talking also about what the parameters are about sitting in bed, studying in bed, studying on the floor, all those sorts of things that students and parents want to know a little bit more about. And let's face it, I know some people that have been working from their bed when they've been working from home. So we will chat about that, what's good about it, how we can manage it, because maybe it's not totally wrong. Let's find a way to do it in a healthy manner and particularly how to set up your desk for working from home and as a student studying from home. So tune in for that episode next time. But until then, I hope you've found this useful. Please leave me a review and subscribe to the podcast so that I can know what you're feeling what you're thinking and ask any questions. So I love to get questions from my clients because that helps me know what you're struggling with and how I can best help you. So shoot through any questions, leave me a review and some feedback and I look forward to helping you again next time on the Be Fit To See Podcast. Stay safe and well. Bye for now.